What up, guys? It's a Vinnie Rock podcast. Uh, I had to pre-record these um, my uh, sponsorships because I got some new sponsorships, and I just want to make sure I don't fuck it up. But uh, it's kind of cool. Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is a new sponsor of mine. Uh, they can treat patients in all fifty states of hormone replacement therapy and testosterone therapy. All programs, all programs are doctor supervised. So understand. The reasons I, I, I got to meet these guys is because I was doing I'm doing a program right now for veterans and they're trying to do test studies for the VA and even higher to get veterans of special operations and combat related stress that their pituitary glands stopped producing testosterone at normal levels. And so I was tested and my testosterone was dumped through the freaking ground. And so now I'm on this program where it's gonna be a six month program. I'm gonna try with them and as of now, I'm six weeks into the program and fucking I can't even tell you it right now. I feel great. Uh I, I'm I'm losing inches on the on the body but at the same time I have to I it doesn't just happen. I have to work out. I have to eat right. But we're getting my tests my blood work's done and every time I'm going now excuse me. I'm testing in normal levels, and so we're going to continue with the program for six more months, and then we're going to do all the studies pertaining to this to try and get this uh, more looked out for combat veterans with uh, combat stress-related uh, injuries, and uh, I think it's pretty important. I think um, you know one of the biggest things with testosterone uh, therapy is going to be your mood change. You know, this isn't you know there's there's a lot of stigma out there that this might you know you guys taking steroids. No, this is actually the doctors are actually regulating everything in my system and hormones and, and identifying where things are not right. You know, you want your body to be run at a normal level. Uh, for some reason, due to head injuries and everything else, my body stopped producing testosterone. I've been having a lot of struggles with my weight for for years now, and, and, and never understanding why. And I feel like this is probably the root of it and where where it started from. Now I'm feeling a lot better about myself, a lot more confidence. Um, yeah, I'm feeling better in the gym. Recovery is even even better. And so, this is kind of this, this interesting thing, you know. Like I said, I'm early on the program. I'm interested to tell you how it ends up for me and whether I'm going to stay on it or not. But uh, you guys go check it out. It's called Core Medical Group. Um, you can check them out. Core Medical Group. Core Core Medical grp.com you can check them out they also got an instagram i tag them quite a bit go check it out you know the benefits include uh medication shipped to you directly they got weight loss you want more energy you want to look and feel younger raise libido that's a good thing you guys check it out it's core medical group um if you guys are interested in this you can hit me up directly message me on my instagram or facebook or whatnot and i'll send you directly to them to their contacts uh if you're curious about any questions hit me up directly man uh, and if you guys contact them and you, you start the program, do me a favor. Let them know that Rocco sent you, okay, because that's going to be pretty important for me. Um, I want to make sure that you guys have questions and uh, and, and you guys are going to get them answered. And so let them know Rocco sent you, Core Medical Group. Check them out. Boom, 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 Here's another one I want to talk about, dude. It's... um. This is cool, man. This is a buddy of mine. We are working on some cool programs for veterans in in the in the space of personal security. So there's a lot of veterans get out of the military looking for something to do. Uh, Temple 57 was established in 2012 in Southern California. Um, Temple 57 is a nationwide company that also performs global work. So this is a essentially a in-country security company, but also does global work. Uh, they got competitive pay, they're family owned, the ability to make your own schedule. They're hiring nationwide and critical needs in Los Angeles. And I'll explain that to you. We're trying to raise as we're trying to hire as many people in California for a new contract that he signed. So if you're in the Southern California area, again, message me, message me and I'll send you directly to them and I'll get you in there. Uh, all I need is going to, we're going to need to see your military background, make sure you got off honorable discharge and uh, do everything we can. Most of the contracts in California are going to be without a weapon. So just knowing that it's personal security, it could be for events, it could be for red carpet Hollywood type stuff, all kinds of things. I've been called before when they were in a pinch and they asked if I can go uh, be a bodyguard for um, Katy Perry. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just letting you know. There, there's there's the ability to be in, in the limelight and help out with some very important people out there in Hollywood, in entertainment, but as well as in the corporate world. So you guys are interested, go check out Temple 57. Um, you know, you can Google it. 
I'll get you, let me get you the website right now. But uh, one of the owners, you know, the owners are are a good buddy of mine, and I'm going to be doing some cool work with them. And one of the things is trying to get some rangers, you know, uh, some rangers, some more protection opportunities. You know what I mean? I don't know. Let me see. Security. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Boom. All right. It's temple57.com. Go check them out. Like I said, if you guys have any questions, you can hit me up first and I'll send you directly to them. Um, like I said, personal security, family owned. Uh, they're all over the all over the world right now. So hit me up if you have any questions with that. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, um, Another one of my sponsors is going to be Willie Peach Chocolate. You guys know I love them. Willie Peach Chocolate has got the best chocolate in town. They got all the spicy ones. We got some at the barbershop right now. If you guys are going to be in the Salt Lake City area, if you guys don't want to purchase it yet, you want to try it out and you're in Salt Lake, go and check it out at the Throwbacks Barbershop. We got some of the some of the different flavors he has there. Um, I love the place. And so I love that guy. Go check him out, Willie Peach Chocolate. Let's see. If you want to go on Instagram. <clears throat> Willie Pete's Chocolate. It's Willie Pete's Chocolate Co. Willie Pete's, P-E-T-E-S-C-O, C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E Co. So, Willie Pete's Chocolate. And if you guys want to go online, you can go Willie Pete's Chocolate, Willie Pete's Chocolates with an S, dot com. Check him out. I mean, he's got some crazy stuff, man. Uh, The Moab Challenge, it's called Gold, Mother of All Bars. Man, this one looks crazy. I don't even know if I can handle that. That's, it's a half pound of chocolate bar. Holy smokes. With Carolina Reapers in it. That's insane, dude. But for some reason, chocolate, like the sweet and the spicy, work really well together. And that's why I really like it. Um, yeah, Willie Peach Chocolate, check them out. And here's something cool, man. I have been trying to think of ideas for for investing money, right? Like, I'm not very good with money, and so I want to invest in money. And then I listened to a podcast of this guy who was talking about gold and precious metals and how it's more reliable and stable than Bitcoin and other investments. And so I started learning more and more and more, and it got me thinking, like, man, you know what? I believe this guy. The guy that was talking was, like, this freaking insanely smart fucking dude about talking about gold, and he had me believing and so I jumped onto Instagram, and by chance, one of my other buddies posted about this gold company. I'm like, what is this company? So it's gmrgold.com. Uh, you can actually sign up for a subscription base to do 100 to 250 or $500 worth of precious metals. They'll send it directly to your home. It's all certified. It's verified and everything. This, to me, is probably one of the coolest savings plans I'm going to try and do. I mean, I just started this. Uh, I got another package in the mail here soon, but I look at them. They're kind of cool, uh, and, and, and I check them out. I got a, a crispy bar and all that stuff, and then I'm putting it in my, in my safe, and I'm just saving them. I, I'm, I'm pretty much forgetting about it. If I had money in the account right now, I'd probably spend it because that's how I am. I just spend it. I just, I just buy the kids stuff. I do buy things for, for the family, but now I'm in the era where I can't just get this gold coin and just go cash it out. Well, I can through GMR Gold, but I don't want to. I'm just buying it and hiding it and putting it away. And, and a lot of cool things about this gold is there's some, some cool coins in there. There's some things that we can I can buy for my son. And, you know, I have a, one of my sons who's interested in coins. He just likes, you know, collecting them and, and, and show him these cool things like Buffalo Nickels and all these cool, I don't know. It's just for, for me, this is something hopefully I can do with my kids now. I could do something new, something different, something that's that that no one really does. And so... uh that's it. I'm trying to see if uh, the, the, the GMR Gold is going to be our thing. Uh, if you guys want to check them out, gmrgold.com. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up. You guys let them know Rocco sent you. GMR Gold is is killing it right now. And, and these guys are based out of Texas and really solid people, man. And, and I've been able to talk to them on the phone. I've even done some Instagram Live with them. But um, I believe that this is going to be a very smart savings plan for you guys. And it's also a fun way to save Save some money, put some money, put some money away, and actually get to see the the. You can see it in your hands. You can just have it there with you. I mean, there's some crazy looking cool, cool things. Uh, building my stack, high things, GMR gold, man, so cool. I don't know. I just I just love it. I think it's interesting, um, and I'm just trying to find anything I can do to help build the savings for my kids when they get older. So check them out, GMR gold. 
Besides that, you guys know, Lead Slinger's Whiskey, we do, we're, we're going to be in all 50 states here soon. Um, I'm working on getting, uh, I'm working on finding out if we're going to be here or not in um, Salt Lake City. It should be here now. Uh, we got a big contract. We're trying to get into the Walmarts. That's cool. And then you also got Warfighter Tobacco. Warfighter Tobacco is moving to, Salt, to San Antonio, which is even closer to the boys from BRCC. Um, that'll make things a lot easier for me to fly out there and hang out with the boys and be able to hang out and do some cigar uh, events with the guys from from Warfighter Tobacco. So I'm excited about that. A lot of cool things. All right, guys. I invited a special friend of mine. You guys can hear it now. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Uh, I decided to pre-record my sponsors because I wanted to hit it right. I'll, I'll get it. I'm learning these sponsors. I got, I got some new sponsors. And the last thing I want to do is... Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mess with the money, man. Right, that's it. Don't like, mess with know, the money. These are really solid dudes. Actually, um, some potential business partners here in the future. And so, you know, we're helping. They're helping me and I'm helping them, man. And so we're going to try and see how it goes. But you guys check those out. Um, today's kind of cool, man. I just hit up my boy. He lives in town and I asked him uh, if he'd like to jump on a podcast because I'm having some struggles at home. Uh, and with the kids, man. And I thought, you know what? You have kids. I thought it'd be a good idea to bring you in. And so here you are. Um, what do you want me to, what do you want to go by? I, uh, you can, we can use my government name if you want. Yeah, Danielson, Jared Danielson, uh, <laughs> here in Salt Lake city. Uh, it's banks. Yeah. I, uh, I do a radio show on cable 93, uh, in Salt Lake. Been doing radio for 20 years. Got two kids, nine and five. There you go. And I'm about as domestic as it gets, man. I'm that's 401ks it. and mortgages. I'm soccer practice. <laughs> We're about that life, man. Bro, that's it. Like, yeah. Like, like, how was your Saturday? I was like, well, we had a few baseball games and a softball game. Right. And, you know, now, now we're home and my shoes are off and I'm it's not fine. I'm not drinking. Going to do some pumpkin carving later yeah. or something. Who knows? Couple, it might get crazy. A couple glasses of wine. We just got this really nice cheese in from the... <laughs> If if twenty year old me knew the things that my oh, life would be about now, bro, yeah. I might have kicked myself in the sweets. That's you know, it. I'd be like, "Yo, yeah, who the hell are you?" Yeah, dude. Well, here's a little different for you, bro. You're allowed to cuss on this. Oh, I, oh. I, and I get hit up all the time, like, you? "Bro, you sound ignorant when you cuss." I'm like, "Bro, if you actually had a beer with me, that's how I talk." So you know, and being on the radio, like with the mic in front of yeah. me, there's this switch yeah. where like, "Don't cuss, don't swear." Like, right. I got suspended for a month one time for saying shit on the air, <laughs> dude. But, like. And, and so like, there's this automatic program in yeah, my head. No, that's no, like, I get it. Don't it's, cuss. That's your you career. That's your, I've done, I've done a few radio. I used to jump on the radio in the mornings, uh, in El Paso. I have a buddy out there, Brandy, who, who works on with, um, man, I can't even think of the name of the show, but pretty cool show. It's pretty big in El Paso. And dude, I dropped an F-bomb twice and he's like, whoa. And I'm like, yep. man, and I swear to you, every moment I'm talking, I'm just like, don't say it. Don't say it. And all of a sudden I go, fuck. It, it's it's funny because like you can say bitch and you can say ass and stuff on really? the radio. Yeah, like in the in the context of yeah. it, you know, as long you know, it's they call it fleeting expletives. So ah. th- there's there's times and places that you can get away with saying it. Yeah, you know, but uh, for the most part, I, we try and stay as far away from it as right, we can. Right. You know, well, you understand like most of the time I'm listening to it when I'm taking my kids to school. Right. So like, you don't want to make it awkward. That's the, that's the, the thing, you know, yeah. it's like, we always say it's like a Disney movie. You can make the dirty joke, but just make sure that the adults get it. And the and kids, the kids don't. don't. Bro. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes sit in like, I'm fucking Shrek and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, like, whoa. I like the kids... first time I watched. So perfect example of this, we're watching frozen with the kids, frozen, right? Yes. Frozen squeaky clean. Love let it. it go. All of that. And he rolls over and she, he's like, do you even know what a shoe size is? And she goes, shoe size doesn't matter. And he goes, oh, yes, it does. And I'm dying on the couch. <laughs> dying on this. This is a Disney movie. And I'm like, my kids are looking at me like, what's so funny, dad? And I'm like, you'll get it later. No way. <laughs> Have you not seen It's in the middle, right in the beginning of the movie. I missed I'm a kid. I'm a kid at heart, bro. Right. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's when you watch it again now, you can't not hear it. It's just, it's a half second. That's he goes, so oh, funny. yes, it does. My my favorite my favorite hands down line in that movie is um we finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> that's so dope. that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my god! So if you guys are listening right now, there's a little bit of an echo in here. We're in a the new building for the Vinny Rock Podcast. I'm actually in the middle of construction. One of the walls has half brick on it. The other one has nothing yet. It's actually held on by tape. No, this, is, this is hood. Your shit's taped up. Your brick wall yeah. is taped we to are, the drywall. Hey, we're, we're hustling. We're faking it till we make it, bro. <laughs> I'll make sure I post a picture of that later on the Instagram. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, dude, so it's cool because uh, 
I like what you do on radio. And then, you know, we became buddies, you know, we became buddies and, and it was just kind of like, uh, you know, we hit it off right away. It was yeah. very, very normal, very, very comfortable freaking conversation and everything else. Well, the nice, and somebody like you get it in your situation, kind of being in the public eye. Like I get that a little bit, not to the same level that you do, but yeah. there's who you are and then there's who you have to be. Yeah, you had to turn it you on know, sometimes. And there's, and there's not a lot of people you can just be yourself around, right, you know, right. and where you can just, I, I can speak how I normally speak. Like when the doors are closed and the mics are off and nobody's around, yeah. you know, I cuss like a sailor. You right. know, like it's, but, You're a normal dude. But I can just be that normal guy. You yeah. know, I can let my tattoos show. I can, right. you, know, right. you know, let my hair well, down as that's it were. But there's not a lot of guys I can be that way with uh-huh. that understand it. And you and I kind of had that understanding straight away. Yeah. And, got, and then plus being in that dad space, yep. you know, and yep. we're in similar positions with our families right. and things like that. So, Oh, it's crazy, dude. It's like people sometimes it's man. It blows me away how disconnected people are to reality sometimes. Right. Like, like yeah. being in the limelight being, and I'm not even a big name, right. I'm just a dude that's doing it, but mm-hmm. like not huge, but people hit you up and say like, Hey man, you think you can get me on the next episode? I'm like, Dog, we're done filming the show. Right, like right. it's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, like we're not actually filming it live. Do you think you're actually watching us day by day, <laughs> right? Because that, because the questions you get are that, right? right? And you get guys like, hey man, you should get your dad on the show. Like that's not how it fucking works, right. dude. Like this is, a, this is a serious business, right? There's a serious business. You actually have to get hired. You have to go through the auditions, mm-hmm. which is like an interview. And it's this thing that some people don't fucking get. So then when they see you in person, they still think you're in character or you should be in character. Right. I'm like, no, bro. I'm having dinner with my fucking kids. <laughs> right. And, well, even like when we were at your kid's birthday. Yes. And, you know, like we're just sitting around the campfire and people come up and they're like, oh, hey, yeah. uh, aren't you Gilly? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and you kind of looked at me and you were like, yo, really? Dog. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's a and, private party like, and you just I'm crossed at, the line. I'm at the grocery store with my kids and yeah. people will recognize my voice yeah. and be like, oh my God, you're Banks from yeah. the radio. And I'm like, Yo, I'm getting milk and bread. Like, I got Cheerios on the counter right, right. now. Like, but it's at the same time, it's flattering. You have and, to, like, you have I to don't, respect it, right? I don't ever want to be unappreciative because right. I'm grateful that people have wanted to take us, like, yeah. that part of us into their lives. Well, but sometimes you just want to shut it off and, like, wear sweatpants in public and say yeah. fucking shit. And, you know. Bro, yeah. <laughs> but you can't do when you've got to be on all the time. That's you insane. can't switch that shit off. Yeah, it, it, that's the hardest part, man. Like, I don't ever want to live my life where I feel like I have to be on. So then it's, just, it's a weird place right now because I'm almost set myself up for I have to be on. You get to the point where you kind of have to be guarded about it. Right. Like there's a reason I don't ever use my kids' real names on the radio. Right. You know, they, yeah. I always call them Nugget and Bean. Yeah. You know, because there's that side of me. Yeah. That there's a reason I have an alias. You right. know, that my last name is Banks when I'm on the radio. It's because right. there's crazy ass people out there that, you know, can't separate what. I, the stories what's, I what's tell, inter- what's entertainment and, and what, you know, what, what I give to them yeah. and what's really me and my family and that sacred place that yeah, is man. home, you know? Oh my goodness, dude. Crazy. Well, dude, just, just check out this man. Like, so, so you, what's your situation? Yeah. You, know, you texted got, me this morning, like, yo, bro, I got some shit. I, I got to get off my chest. <laughs> Like, I need talk. <laughs> I need backup. I need counseling. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to get a couch? Where's the couch? Yeah, we need, you got to lay down. Dude, so this is the craziest thing to me because I, and I know, so I always try, when I, when I raise my kids, I always think about, okay, what was I doing at this age? Was this something that was normal that I acted? If it is, okay, cool, I'll let it slide. But I have a, I have a son and, um, you know, he's struggling in school, dude, like struggling in school. But understand, two years ago, he was testing to be in grade higher. Uh-huh. Super smart kid. I think he's so smart that I think he's just playing everyone for a fool right now. I think this is a game. And I, and I don't know how to stop him from playing this game. But he came home with his progress report and he has three fails, dude. He is seventh grade? Seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. And so he's right in he's in middle school. He's getting, he's getting ready to go to high school, you know, in a couple two years, years. Two yeah. years. And, dude, he's failing three classes. And not classes that I think are hard for him because, like I said, he's gifted when it comes to reading and, and, and he's just smart. Uh-huh. And I told him, I was like, bro, what is that about? And he starts crying. I'm like, wait, why are you crying? And he goes, I don't know. I'm like, son, like, you're crying because you know you're wrong. First of all, you know you're wrong, so right. you're, you're uncomfortable, and you knew this conversation was coming. So like, now, like, self-defense mechanism, cry, maybe he'll feel bad. I don't feel bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you want to cry, go to your mother. Yeah, all good. You're not hurt. Your feelings are hurt. We got to figure this out. And so I tell him, I was like, dude, what's going on? He goes, uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand. I'm like, are you not doing your work? He goes, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, like, 
we know what's going on. The teacher's giving you homework and you choose not to do it. Teacher's giving you classwork, you choose not to do it. I don't think it's ever going to be a case where he doesn't, he's not following along or he's falling behind. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if it is, okay, let's do the work. And so then, this is going on for one day. He goes to school the next day. He gets in trouble. Like, lashes out trouble. And I already knew. He's got a lot of pressure right now. He's kind of confused on how the hell he can get caught up. Or he's just like, let's see where this takes me. I don't know, right? I don't know where his head's right. at. I've never been in, in a position like this because I'm like, then he comes home and I said, listen, okay, again, I talked to your teachers now. Now I know what's going on. You're not turning in your assignments. So whose fault is that? And he goes, I don't know. I'm like, well, it's your fault. It's yours. Yeah. yeah it's it's yours. your homework. And yeah. And so you need to accept the fact that you made a mistake. You're making a mistake and how we, we got to fix it. Now all we got to do is like go to school and get your extra credit. Stay after, go, whatever you got to do to make it work. And then I'm like, all right, son, conversation's done. Let's just fix it. Now it's time. Let's fix it. Give me a hug. He goes, no. Bro. What? And I was like, Excuse Is that me? the first time he's ever told you no? Dude, yes. That would have wrecked yeah. me. Bro. That would have, the second my kids say no, Bro, that would have wrecked me. I want to say, fine, you're never getting hugs from me ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I want to play, I want to be a kid. Right. You want to be a hard ass? Let's be a hard yeah, ass about it. Let's be tough. Yeah. Fine. And he's like, no. And I was like, what do you mean no? Are you mad at me now? He goes, no. I was like, okay, well then give me a hug. No. Bro, I, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, sounds wow. good. Go to sleep. Good night. Right. And I go down and talk to my wife. I'm like, you wouldn't even believe this. She goes, really? And so I'm, I'm losing my mind. Then this morning happens. He comes and sits down. I'm thinking like, I'm curious to see what his, I'm curious to see what his attitude is going to be like. Is he going to be mad at me still? Dude, he, he's sitting on one side of the couch. I'm on the other side. I'm just waiting for the kids to get all their lunch together. He piles up the pillow so he doesn't have to see me. Like, like went Trump on you and built that wall? He built that wall. <laughs> Bro, and I was sitting in, in amazement, like, what the hell's going on here? Then again, I said, is there a problem? I was like, come here. Why are you mad at me? Answer, answer that. Like, what, what happened? You uh-huh. failed your classes. Me as a dad tries to discipline you, and I didn't even spank you. Didn't do nothing but say, hey, what's wrong? Take accountability for your actions. You got to go to class and get your extra credit done. And now you're mad at me? Like, I'm confused. Here's the problem, man. I've led thousands of men in training. They can hate me. They can love me. At the end, they understand me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I've raised how many kids now? I've never had this situation. And that's the funny thing. People are like, like, dude, it's the weirdest thing. Kids are different personalities no matter what you do, no matter how you raise them. In the end, they make their own decisions. Well, that's the thing. is like you and your wife try and treat your kids equally, but every kid has their own experience and reacts differently to it. Somebody explained it to me this way, especially like, and with your kid, this is how you kind of understand it. He's just, what is he like? 12, 13, 11, 11. So yeah. he's, he's on the young side right. for being in the seventh grade uh-huh. too. So when you're five years old, you think your dad's Superman and he's a hero and he can do no wrong. Yeah. When you get to 15, you think your dad's Lex Luthor and he's the root of all evil and you don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> and then you get to our age and you get to be like, we'll just say 35. Yeah. And you realize that your dad was just old man Kent who was working on his farm and some shit fell out of the sky and he's just trying to do the best he can with an alien as a baby now. And <laughs> the best analogy ever. That, so you realize like when you get to our age, you don't have all the answers. Yeah. You're just trying to figure it out as right. well. You know, and the only thing that I found, cause I had a similar situation with my nine year old yeah. where he was, I mean, super smart kid. Yeah. Like beginning of the year tests out at his end of year that levels yeah. like great, brilliant, smart kid, but started missing homework. started. And I was like, what's going on? And I just had this thing in my head. Like, you know what? I'll bet you somebody's picking on that kid. Yeah. And it took me about a month of asking right. before he would let me know who it was and what was going on. Yeah. And, and Hey, yeah, this is going on and this is why it's affecting me. Yeah. And like emotionally, he didn't know how to deal with it. Every, he's always gotten along with everybody. Yeah. Like he's just a really nice kid. Even when we went like him and your, and you know, your other boy yep. that's the same age, they were like, Oh, uh, yep. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Let's it, go off and raise hell somewhere. Like he just, he gets in where he fits in, but there's there's something that's going on that he's not telling you, or he's not comfortable telling well, you that's about what, yet. That's, so that's the so thing. and it, and that's the thing is you gotta when when kids stop being your baby, yeah, and they start being little humans, yeah. The hardest thing that we gotta do is give them space. Yeah. And my dad was always really good about this. You know what? Go fuck up, make your own decisions. And then when you're ready to learn your lesson, come back and we'll talk through yeah. it. My dad was always like super 
dope about giving yeah. us that space. That's good. He gave us the trust 100%. And then, you know, if we pushed it too far, then he was always about, well, here's the lesson. Yeah. So, like, in your particular case, you're, you don't have the whole story. No. No. There's, you, there's, I mean, there's obviously something else going yeah, on there yeah. that he hasn't told you yet. He's got a history of being picked on, right? Okay. He's, just, he's a sweet kid. And I tell him, I was like, well, so we've dealt with so many times that I feel like he, it's already at the point where like, dad, here we go again. He knows. You know? like, but, you know, but I don't know, right? And I feel like, is he getting picked on? That's a big reason why like all my kids train at some point in my, their lives is like uh-huh. if someone does, you know, first of all, like it's never okay to fight. But at the same time, if you're defending yourself, you, you're going to have to throw, you know, you're going to have right. to fucking. My yeah. grandpa, yeah. I, re- I remember clearly my grandpa who is uh, from Western Samoa yeah. said, uh, he says, you tell a bully once and then you break his nose. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm like seven, yeah. eight years old when my grandpa tells me this. <laughs> we're, like, we're like out working in a yard and, yeah. and he says, you tell a bully once and then you break his nose. <laughs> and my mom's standing there like with this horrified look on her face like, don't tell him that. And he goes, no. He goes, because it doesn't matter if you tell a bully once or a hundred yeah. times, that bully's not going to change. No, no, no. That's it. You know, I, I fought so many bullies as a kid and it was, it was just my, my dad's, what he ingrained in me was the name of picks on your sister, jack them up. Right. Like, okay, cool. But at the same time, then I started watching this kid beat up another kid for no reason, just to, just cause he's new. I'm like, uh-huh. no bro, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate that crap. You know, I got picked on a lot. I was bigger yeah. than, really? than everybody. Would, never would imagine that. <laughs> I mean, like now, even as an adult, like, I'm bigger than most people. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm six foot three, two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. Like, I'm a brick shit house. Yeah, but as a kid, like in my t-ball pictures, I'm standing in the back with the coaches. <laughs> like, that's like a, that's I'm a young looking coach. I was just like, man, he's got a baby face. That coach. <laughs> I was always just physically bigger, yeah. so I got picked on a lot because of that. And because I got picked on, yeah. my outlet was to pick on other kids. Nice. You know, and yeah. so it wasn't until later I realized that, that that's where it was going. And that's when I got involved in martial arts. Yeah. When my dad realized that this was going on and it worked for him as a kid. And so I got involved with it and I found out and kind of, you know, self-analyzed yeah. that's what was going on. So, you know, for me in that bullying process, you, you kind of have to make peace with it a little bit. Right. Like, all right, bullying is going to happen and it sucks. Which way are you going to take? Are you right. going to find a way to deal with the bully and eliminate that situation? Right. Or are you going to find a healthy place to put your stuff? Yeah. You Is know, whatever, like, creative outlet it right. is. Like, you know, are you going to go play soccer and take your anger out that yeah. way? Or are you going to go pick up another hobby? Are you going to find a way right. to deal with your stuff and find a healthy place to put your stuff? Bro, the growing, growing up in L.A., there were some dudes that were bullies and you knew just to let it slide. Uh-huh. Because those dudes were affiliated with a gang of some sort and... That's just not going to be well, good. See, where in L.A. did you grow up? San Fernando Valley. Okay, San Fernando. So I was born in, in Torrance. Okay, cool. Yeah, in, yeah. You know, in, in Southern California. So we lived in, uh, in like the Lakewood Cerritos, Bellflower yep. area. Yep. And then we Played lived baseball up, out there. Yep, we lived up in the Santa Clarita Valley after that. Oh, dope. That's why so, that's, that's I have family out there right now. So, like, that's actually was, when I stay when I'm in California. It was the same way. There were some kids that were bullies, but you knew, like, dude, at 15 years yeah. old even... May have Bro, a gun. Like I'm not, he's yeah. already tattooed. Like you know, he's got 13s on his shoulders. Exactly. Like, like I know that for a fact. I'm you like, know nah, those dog. kids. You know what? That guy, if he wants to fuck with me, I'm, there's a, there's, I'm gonna take a lot from that guy before I fucking say anything. Right. You know what I, mean? like, I had I had a situation where these kids were. I was the new kid in school, yeah. and this group of kids were picking on me, and it was the first time that like racism got real. Mm-hmm. But high I had, school, I, uh, junior high. Wow. I was in sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade when this happened. Yeah. And I was the new kid, again, bigger than everybody. I was a target. I was a new kid. We were broke, poor. Yeah. So, like, you know, I had, was that kid had, like, the Payless Pro Wing shoes yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, like, you're, you know. You're walking. Stealing sweatshirts out of my mom's <laughs> closet to keep warm when it got cold. Like, yeah. I was uncoordinated. I had Sally, Jesse, Raphael, big red glasses. <laughs> like, bro, I was a wreck at that age. Uh, but these kids, you know, and these are the cool kids. Yeah. You know. Slick back hair, white shirts, creased khaki pants, Nike Air Cortez shoes. Like these kids, they started picking on me. And I turned to the kid and said something I shouldn't have said. Yeah. And it was racially charged. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was, there was four of them and me. And it was the only thing that got them to go away right then. Yeah. Well, two hours later in PE, I'm changing to get into PE and somebody comes up and says, say what now? Yeah. And I was like, look. I didn't start this, but you guys want to dance. We'll dance. Yeah. You know, 
And I looked around. I was going to lose that fight. Yeah. There were like, I knew I was going to lose that fight. Yeah, but that age, there's very few that are willing to actually throw the fight. But, you know, and it got to the, like, so right before it was about to, to go down, the teacher came in. was like, what was going on? And it was like, like, come in and needle on the record. <laughs> like, straight out of a movie. Like, <laughs> all the heads turned. And there's me standing there, fists clenched by my side, like, all right, who's going to throw first? And there's four of them on yeah. all sides of me, straight out of a high school movie. Damn. And we had to have this talk about why did this happen? Why'd you get yourself into this yeah. situation? And I was like, yo, this is a bullying situation. I'm trying to save myself I here. said what I said. I shouldn't have said it, but you should have heard the shit these guys were saying. Right, exactly. You know, just because they were Mexican and I was white. Right. You know, or, you know, any other way around. Yeah. It didn't matter. What they were saying was just as wrong as what I said. Right. But... I had to take it on the chin and be the bigger person yeah. and, and get myself out of that situation. And that was the first time I realized that you can't control what you can't control. Yep. I could never control what those guys were going to do or say. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to teach this to my kids in any problem that they have. You got to simplify your situation. Like whatever problem it is, right. get rid of all the other shit, all the other distractions, all the other stuff that's going on and find out what's wrong. Yep. Because only when you realize that at that core what the problem is, then you can go on. And it, for me, it was dealing with bullying that way. Yeah. And it was getting over it that way. It was crazy, man. Like, so in junior high for me, I was a skater. I mean, my dad, my dad forced me playing baseball to stay off the streets. And mm-hmm. so uh, most of the kids that played baseball were going to be black kids or white kids. There was very few Hispanic kids. Well, in San Fernando Valley, hardly any. Right. Yeah. Well, they're all in San Fernando, the Mexicans. But like the Mex- we lived more in the other areas. So it was uh-huh. like whites and blacks. You know what I mean? And so, so you the, lived up by the mountains is what you were saying. Right. Right. <laughs> I lived uh, just on the other side of the 405. Okay. So the 405 yeah. kind of splits. And when you go left of the 405, it gets a little darker. You know, uh-huh. and you go right, it, little, it starts cleaning up a little bit. So we were kind of in this middle space. My mom was always like, Vinny, are you going on the other side of the 405? Like, go see a friend? <laughs> and they asked you, you better be careful, right? Because there's a lot more gangs over there. Yeah. Like, right, the first street after that is Orion, big gang. Then you got Van Nuys gang, big gang. And so um, me growing up, being around all these kids I played baseball with, I went to school with a lot of these kids were skaters so uh-huh. I was in the skating world and then the rest of the guys were cholos you know what I mean and so I got picked on sometimes because I had green etnies right and I'm like bro I don't even know what's going on here I just got these are cool skater shoes like I right. thought these are the coolest things and I'm this getting is- picked on so I'm getting in fights because of that dude and it's a trip to me man it's a trip to like what a weird world by the time I got to high school we all started dressing very similar because I stopped skating I just focused on baseball but still, dude, I started wearing, you know, the baggy pants, the style at the time. Uh-huh. And then dudes would come up to me and be like, what's up, dog? Where are you from? And you're like, uh, what? Nowhere. What do you mean? What? <laughs> like, I'm not from anywhere. Like, I'm just right. a fucking dude getting dressed to go to school. Same thing as everyone else. And it was this fucking uncomfortable space being. But I had these friends that were associated with all these little crews. So it's like you also had to know who you're hanging out with that. Dude, is this going to bring heat on me later on? Right. Because I'm not about that life, dude. All I'm trying to do is play baseball year-round and try and get through this fucking school. Because I went to summer school and winter school every fucking semester, dude. I couldn't pass my classes, <laughs> right. bro. So when I was, I remember right before, so as a teenager, I moved to New Zealand. Yeah. And right before I moved to New Zealand, I played one season of football. And my buddy was like, yo, you're going to play with us? Yeah, okay. Coach Tito will pick you up over at the church after school for practice. And I pull up in the parking lot, and there's one car in the parking lot. And there is, like, picture the stereotypical Southern Cali Cholo Mexican gangster. Yeah. Mustache, beanie, lokes, purple 66 Impala SS. Dope. Mirrored lights. Yeah. It's Coach Tito. No shit. And it was was full-blown, like, arms crossed, like, Orale, pinche güey, get in the car, pendejo. (laughs) You know, and you're just like, Coach Tito? Yeah, man, come on, we're going to be late, I say. And I'm like. All right, so you didn't even think about it. Like right. I'm like, all right, I'm getting in the back of a 66 uh, Impala, <laughs> listening to like old school Mexican, like Kid Frost gangster rap going down yes, the road. Yes. And you get, you, you're like, yo, like, is this going to get me? And like, am I somewhere I'm not supposed to be right, right now? And then, you know, you realize like, this guy's clean as a whistle. Yeah, he's like, dope. That's just part it's, of the, this is the Southern Cali culture. This is culture. You know, that part of being Mexican and, and being in Southern California, like, you just, he was just about you, that life. That's the thing is like, but you don't have to be. I had a, other friends. Yeah. I wouldn't get in a car with. Right. That's the thing. You, you, can, you can dress the way and not be that way. Right. Because that's just the way the street is. But at the same time, like, there's guys who dress that way or fucking that life. Dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when I moved to New Zealand, you know, I was 15 when we moved to New Zealand. Yeah. My dad's born and raised there. So it was just moving home. I'd been there as a kid to visit family. Uh, now I'm the new kid in a foreign country. And the school that I went to was 
eighty percent Polynesian. So you you are give me give me a breakdown on what you are because you say you call yourself white, but you are Samoan. Yeah. So Very my good. grandfather's born and raised in Western Samoa. Okay. Uh, he moved to New Zealand and married a white girl, which in the forties and fifties was just unheard of. It was, I mean, way ahead of the curve. So right. a mixed race family in the fifties, my dad was born in 54 in New Zealand to a Samoan father and an English grandmother. Got it. So culturally they didn't fit in. So they, they were like, look, we need to do what's best for our family. That's when they immigrated to America. Nice. They came to America in 64 Good. and settled in, in Hawaii first and then California. And my grandpa worked in, uh, in Huntington Beach for years and years and years. Uh, and then we moved back after the Northridge earthquake in 94. Bro, that was no like, joke. <laughs> I mean, we were living in the Santa Clarita Valley. You know, the, the freeway dropped just Bro, south of us. Just, just south of you. Yep. You know, so like, I mean, cut off. My mom was selling real estate. My dad was a plumber. And they were like, well, we got nothing. There's, there's nothing here. Like, it was a bad time for everyone, dude. You know, financially, it... It broke us. It was rough. And yeah. so my dad was like, we're, we're going to move home. Crazy. You were there at the same time I was, bro. You know, bro, I, I played and I, like 20 miles from each other. Yeah. How you old know? are you? Uh, 39. Dude, man. I, so I played, we used to play against Valencia, uh-huh. fucking, fucking heart high school. Yeah, all those yep. teams. So funny. Crazy. So Saugus high school yep. was the other one I went to. Um, so the first year Valencia high school opened up, yeah. I was the first class that went through Valencia high school. No way. So, uh, they had, I went to Saugus high school and then I went to Valencia for that football season and then uh-huh. we moved to New Zealand. Oh, so, so you played that football season. So with- that football season I played with Valencia and we so went dope, five dude. and five the first year yeah. with coach Brian Steinman. Like I still like, I have the picture at my house so of funny. like the first football team ever from, from Damn. Valencia high school. So then we moved to New Zealand and, uh, you know, I was 15, yeah. didn't know anybody. I mean, cars driving on the other side of the road. Yeah. I don't and even now, know what to think of New Zealand. Never even. Now I have this whole other side of me that, that has to deal with a cultural misunderstanding. Yeah. All of a sudden. Cause <laughs> as a, as a, as a mixed race Samoan kid, like it wasn't until people found out that I was Samoan that I was really accepted. Right. No, easily. I you know, because I was just a white kid from California and everybody yeah. was like, oh, you think you're a gangster? And I'm like, man, I'm not a gangster. You know, I'm yeah. showing up and like, you know, I'm listening to Pearl Jam with like 10 <laughs> up Doc Martens and a flannel <laughs> shirt tied around my waist. Like, I'm not that guy. You yeah. know, like I loved hip hop. Like at the same time, you know, like the first album I ever bought with my own money was Dr. Dre's The Chronic. The Chronic. First one I ever paid cash for was yep. The Chronic, you know. So I listen to everything and, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of a chameleon. I get yeah. in where I fit in. Dude, that's you it. Know? And so when I got there, I got picked on a lot again Damn. and got in a ton of fights. Cause your skin color. Cause, cause of my skin color. Yeah, so I came from Cali where it was, tensions were always high and you right. had to walk on eggshells to now going the complete opposite way and being in the minority. You know, yeah. the school was only 15% white, you know, the rest Damn. was all Polynesians and Asians. Yeah. And so I had to throw hands and like people, my mom was like, why are you having such a hard time fitting in? And I'm like, uh, cause you, <laughs> it's not me, mom. Cause you put me in the largest state run boys school in the entire country. Like it was a high school of like 2,500 boys. Oh, yeah. Mom, you know? it's not me. I promise. Like, so, I just want to go to school and not fight. Trust me. I, promise. I got in a couple scraps and, uh, apparently, you know, put it to some dudes that it changes everything, you know? And, and then they found out that, you know, yeah. some of these guys was like, Oh, you're my cousin. You know, yeah, <laughs> and the, the joke is, you know, you, I mean, I'm sure you've known some Samoans. Yeah, everybody's your cousin. Yeah, so you, you know? might know. So you, so you know the Rock. Yeah, he's my cousin. That's, <laughs> that's uh, my cousin, man. Uh, dude. So, dude, I start. I threw hands as a kid. Like, like, so my father was a. You know, my father's cutting Carlos. So uh-huh. He used to train us in boxing all the time. Dude. And dude, I'd spar my brother, who's five years older than me, all the time. And my dad would be like, get inside. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? I got a broken, I got a He wants you to get inside the elbows and throw body yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't, dude. I'm five years younger, right? This is a difference here in thought process. I don't know what I'm doing, and he's kicking my ass. Uh-huh. And this happened most of my life. And then as it got to like, like mid- middle school, is where he started putting two stools out in the front grass. And uh-huh. as, as I get home, he, he, people walking home like, hey, hey, come here. Throw the gloves on. Spar my son. And so I'd be, I'd be sparring, dude. Then eventually as I got older, we started going into the gym because um, my sister started dating a boxer. And it was actually really cool because we're boxing family. All of a sudden, uh-huh. she started dating a professional boxer. And then we got really involved in boxing. And so I was going to the gyms all the time. Freddie Roach. Dude. I just go to Freddie Roach's gym. I don't know who the fuck Freddie Roach was. I was like, dad. <laughs> he was just Freddie Roach. He was Roach. Yeah. Coach Roach. I was like, dad. What's up with his face? And he goes, son. <laughs> son. You know, Let like, me explain to you something yeah, real yeah, quick. Exactly. Because I just didn't know who Freddie Roach was. Right. But I knew it was his gym and I knew all the dope ass fucking boxers were in there. 
James Tony talking shit to my dad one day, saying, "Shut up, you little burrito, get out of my face." And my dad's like, "What the fuck?" And I was right. like, "Whoa!" So, but like to bring it all the way back around, though, like because we were talking about your kid, yeah, you found a way to deal with your stuff. Yep, I had to find a way to deal with my stuff and work it through. And at twelve years old, he's finding a way to work through his. Then find a place to put his stuff. Now, one day he'll come to you and be like, Dad, I can't take it. This is what's going on. Yeah. Or he'll find a way to deal with it. You know, the, the thing as dads that we got to do is make sure that that hug is always there. Dude, for Cause sure. Because he, he might not want it now. Right. But a month from now, something's going to change or some yeah. shit will happen or he'll figure something out. He's going to want that hug. Dude, I, I always tell him like, no matter if I'm mad at you, that never changes if I love you. You right. understand? It's like I was playing tonight last night. I was like, I'll always love you. I love you no matter what. To the day I die, I'm gonna. I love you. Can I be disappointed? In you? Yes. Absolutely. And that's what I am right now. I'm disappointed. Am I mad at you? Not really. I'm. I'm mad at how you're acting about it. That's what's really confusing me. Right. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to raise a person that can't admit their fault because they're never going to fucking grow. That's a big problem. I had this conversation with my sister last night. I'm talk- I have a twin sister, right? The one I uh-huh. fought for my whole goddamn life. We're talking, and she's a uh, speech pathologist. And she actually helped him with his speech back in the day because he, he has a thing called backing and where he'll call, throw, throw words in the back of his throat. Oh, okay. Right? And so, so um, she's a really, you know, she's around kids all the time. So sometimes I just call her to be like, hey, dude, what the fuck? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? What the fuck? And she says, she goes, you know, it's funny because the way we were raised, we were held accountable for our actions. And uh, so me and her are very like, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Put your hand up for it. I'll, I'll, I'll own it and then I'll work to get better at it. And it's just something that I think my dad instilled on us at a young age. Like, dude, own that shit. You know what I mean? And I hope that my son can own that shit. Like, that's all I want. Like, right. you're failing. Own it. And let's, dude, get D's next semester and we'll go straight to C's and then we'll work our way to A's. No one's asking you to go from F, F to A. Right. I'm just asking you to own this to shit. To work on it. Yeah. So my dad was a military dad. He was an MP in right. the army. And so we had that, like, bro, I had a flat top till like, I was 10. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my dad was that dad. And you thought it was cool, you too. Know, like, then you're, then like, you're like, $8 barbershop, you know, flat top, yeah. high and tight, get it right, and we're going to get on our way. Yeah. Like, that's how we grew up. So it was, you know, my whole life was, you know, if you did, if we broke a window... You know, yeah. I put a hole in a bedroom door fighting with my brother one day. Ooh. So, we, I mean, my brother is 366 days older than I am. We're a year and a day oh, apart. Shit. We beat the shit out of each other growing up. <laughs> and, so, I mean, like Irish twins, right? Yeah. Like, we were, it was the same. We was, yeah. you know, Jason yeah. and Jared coming together. He locked himself in my parents' room to get away from me one day. <laughs> and I took my fist and just put it through the bedroom door. Yeah. And it, what, like, it wasn't until, like, my forearm was buried in the plywood that yeah. I was like, you done messed up, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn it now, dad's you know, gonna, but dad's going to come home. Dad comes home and he's, and he comes around the corner and I hear, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you got to walk in there like, dad, I'm so sorry. I was fighting. I lost my hand. I, I, I my couldn't bad. keep my cool. Yeah. And I worked the rest of that summer. My dad was a plumber by yeah, trade. Yeah, worked yeah. the rest of that summer hauling two inch pipe on a job site <laughs> to pay for that door. <laughs> but, but you learn that you got to be accountable for what you do. And I think there's, yeah. it's harder to teach kids that now because their lives are all digital. Dude. Our lives, right. our lives were very in real time, black yeah. and white. It was very hands-on, mm-hmm. you know, like you make a mistake, you're probably going to bleed. Yeah. The kids these days don't make mistakes that way. They Dude. learn a completely different way that they're, that's more a generation gap than anything is they, everything they do is digital, including like their interactions with their friends. Dude. They don't go out and, you know, hit, you know, bottle caps with a stick. You know, they don't Bro. go out and dig dirt jumps in a field you know, and, and jump funny. their bikes. You know, they funny. don't do, they don't do that stuff. My you know? oldest daughter just started talking to a boy, uh-huh. right? Like dating, whatever you want to call it. It's a weird space. Cause I, I even tell her like, what is it? She goes, I don't know what we call this. I'm like, okay. I think that's the same for you're me when just I was dating. Yeah. So that's all it is. So you're dating, you're talking, whatever. Yeah. So then she, she, it is cool that she has the trust in me to ask me. She goes, dad, when you first met mom, was it hard to talk to her? <laughs> and I'm like, that's where you go, kid. We've been married for so many years. It's still hard to talk to her some days. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I was like, no way my daughter, right? Like we've gone through some shit together, right? Like I was raising her alone for a while. So I think she is, has more trust in talking to me than Christy. Right. Just because of the bond that we have. But it's an interesting thing that she would even, she comes to her dad about dating advice, which is like, 
I should be like, fuck no, don't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's a cool space to be in, right? Like, right. That's the thing that like you have that with her. Yeah. You also have that with your 12 year old, your right. 11 year old. Yeah. He just has to learn it the way she did. Right. You know, you were there for her in a different place in her life right. where she knows that dad's got her back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what's going on. She knows that she can go to dad and whatever happens or whatever comes up, she can ask those questions. Yeah. The, your 11 year old is learning that lesson. Right. You know, so whatever he's going through now, it may be the biggest deal in his life, but he's going to look back and go, oh, it's a little thing. But the one thing he'll learn from the whole thing is mom and dad are always going to be there. there. That doesn't matter They're what there. happens. Yeah. Dad's got his back. Yeah. It, that now, that may mean you got to get shovels and some trash bags and make a trip out to the desert <laughs> at some point. But or it just means you know what? I'm glad we came. I'm glad we had this talk. Let's go hit the ice cream shop and yeah. eat our feelings away, and then we'll all be good. Yeah, you know, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. So she's kids. in that space. So like, the cool thing is because yeah. you have that older kid, mm-hmm. you know how that's supposed to feel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, and that's so, the thing is like. He's still young. You know what I mean? I think when she was 11, she didn't, she didn't want to talk to me either, probably. Who knows? But as she's older, she sees what I'm about. I think because they're old, they, they really now start to know what the fuck we're about. Uh, she, you know? She's a young adult now. Yeah. She's not, because yeah. I, you know, I've met her. She's, yeah. she's got a good head on her shoulder. Yeah. She's in it, like, makes eye contact when right. you talk. Like, you can tell. There's yeah. little things that you do. You go, okay, she's a good little human being. Yeah. Like, she's got a good head on her shoulders. And I remember being in that place with my dad yeah. where, I was in that transition phase from being a young adult and being independent yeah. and disappearing for three or four days at a time with my friends because right. I had a job and I had my own means, yeah. but still coming home because I was still a kid, right. but being accountable for what happened and right. having that trust. And, and that it's a weird place as a parent to be in Dude, you because I still remember clearly yeah. like going from, you know, asking my dad for permission yeah. to asking my dad for advice. Right. You know, Dude, and it's, you and know, it's, it's crazy. Me and my father, you know? I don't know if me and my father have ever really got to that space. It was a weird thing with us. Like my brother and my dad got there. Uh-huh. My, by the time I was traveling so much with baseball, I was doing it so often. And he was, he was a full-time firefighter. You know what I mean? So he was doing his three days on, two days off, whatever the case. But when he was off, he was actually coaching my sister. So we had a big separation in high school just because, just by, just the scheduling. Right. You know what I mean? And by 18, I was like. I'm done. I do my own thing. And so we kind of butted heads and almost like, all right, well, I'm going to go do my thing. And I'd make these mistakes, but I never come to him for advice because at the same time, it was just, we never had this different connection. Now, now we have that. Like within right. the last probably, man, 10 years is probably where we started. I got out of the military and where it became like, we started building this <clears throat> crazy bond. We're, we're so close. Now we're close as hell. Uh-huh. Now we're almost so close that it's like almost brothers sometimes because we love boxing. We both drink beers. And so it's this really cool space, you know, yeah. and also understand why he was so hard on me and why he did was, the, you know, why he raised me the way he did. You know, it's, it's like it all now is like it all makes sense. You know, so the one thing my dad said to me, he says, you know, when you were growing up, he says, I never tried to do what I thought was right. I always tried to do what God would see was right. Yeah. And when I had that perspective on him as a parent, yeah, changed the way I felt about him, yeah, you know, and that that, that his focus was always to raise, you know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't to be my friend, yeah, it, you know, he he wanted to raise good Christian men at the end of yeah. it that had God in their lives and that you know right. lived a certain way, and that that was his focus, right, and you know, mission accomplished, right, with all of us, with all four of us, you know, I have two brothers and one sister, and you know, all of us live our lives that way, right, and we all get along now because of it. Like, yeah. I love hanging out with my family. Same, dude. I, 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 one of the coolest families. I, I invite people to come watch our family hang out because it's really cool to see a very functional and fucking like healthy family. Oh, I don't know if we're a functional or healthy. <laughs> yeah. We do. Oh, we do. We just pick on each other nonstop. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta, that's all we do. Dude. Like you gotta be quick at my house <laughs> because if you can't take the joke and then deflect, yeah. you're going to get destroyed dude in our house. Like, we will, we will gang up on you <laughs> until you have absolutely zero self-confidence left in you. And <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> We talk shit about each other, but like it's like the funniest place to be sometimes. Like when I do family things, to watch my brother. Like my brother's a very quiet dude for for most people, but when you know my brother, he's the funniest guy in the house, dude. And so my brother, my dad are together, and my sisters and everyone. It's like this comical thing to see everyone one make fun of each other because of things you see on social media or uh-huh. whatnot, but also stories that are happening in their lives. And dude, it's it's this funny fucking thing, man. And even Chris is like, man, your family's like 
really cool to be around. I was like, yeah, dude, they're funny, man. And my mom, like, my mom says the shit that, like, you have to laugh at. Right. But, but she just says things like, she used to call it a bastard's degree, not a bachelor's degree. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, mom, that's, that's same. Yeah. It's fine. Same. <laughs> You got screwed out of a bunch of money and you got a piece of paper on the wall. It's kind of a bastard's degree. Yeah, a, she's just hilarious, man. And so, I don't know, man. I just hope that, you know, that's kind of what I want. I would love to be able to look back and see my family as I get older. And, like, I guess the dream for if you have kids and you're raising kids, you want them to be, you know, acting acting members of society, but, like, in a good in a good way. And it's a way, at the same time, understand, like, all the grief and, and, and frustration they we probably put them through is, all in the best of their interest in right. trying to raise people with manners and respect and dignity and hardworking and, and, and all these things that might be frustrating for them. But fuck, man, like, trust me, it's important to learn these now so right. you don't have to go through the fucking trials and tribulation of fucking it all up 20 well, times before. And the fear as a parent, too, because, I mean, obviously, we're going through a lot of the same experiences right. the way they went through. There's nothing that they're doing right, they're not, that, yeah. that we haven't done. Uh-huh. But there is a bunch of stuff that they're exposed to that we didn't have to deal with in quite the same way. Yeah. You know, and so the biggest thing for me and my fear as a parent is that my kid will get caught in a space where he doesn't know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That for me, the biggest thing that I can teach my kid, especially like we hear all the time, like the, the teenage suicide rates, scariest thing in the world to me. Terrifying. Like, absolutely it scares always, me to it's death. O- it's always a thought in my head. Well, and then growing up in New Zealand, I dealt with it as a kid. New Zealand has the second highest teen suicide rate in the world. Wow. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say like somebody I knew at least once a month took their own life my whole way through high school. People I worked with, people I went to church with, people I yeah. sat next to in class that just the next day weren't there, you it's know? Dude, and, dude. and so as a, as a parent, like that's my biggest fear is like, I know I can fix everything for him. Right. But I know I can't fix everything for him this, so the biggest yeah. thing i can teach him is how to fail yes Tr- bro more than anything else more than any of the other life lessons that and all the little bullshit pearls of wisdom and yeah. facebook memes with a mountain lake and a fucking two-line quote from right. some philosopher that's been dead for 400 years all of that stuff is garbage compared to teaching your kid how to fail in a healthy way that's the crazy, and that's, that's the that's the that's the focus of being a parent. That's for me. the thing is right now is what I that's my fear, dude. You hit it on the head. <clears throat> like my son doesn't know how to fail. Like he failed and now he sees it and I say it out loud. Uh-huh. It destroys him. I'm like son, why? He's never failed in anything before. Son, you, right? You, yeah, but but you know uh-huh. you know it, you failed. Accept that and let's move on. And it's great. But the thing is that's why I make him play sports. All my kids like when I say I make them. You're choosing two sports and you're playing them, right? right? And you're gonna play them the best you fucking can. You know what I mean? If you don't like the sport next season, we'll change it up. But you're playing a sport. Why? Because you need to learn how to fucking lose. Uh huh. That's why I love wrestling. Problem is, my kid's a little asshole at nine years old. <laughs> the kid's been playing comp soccer for two years. Little bastards never dropped a game. He doesn't lose. No, he doesn't lose. <laughs> he doesn't. He, they've had a lot of draws. Yeah. He does not lose. I'm like, how am I supposed to teach you how to lose if you don't lose? Dude, you play one Quit being good. Play one-on-one basketball. Oh, he, oh I destroy it. My kids, I don't, I'm not like, my wife gets mad at me all the time. I don't let my kids win. Bro, you want to you, you you, beat me? If I you got to beat me. Because there's one day I'm not going to be able to let you. <laughs> there's one, like, it's going to get to a point where like, you're going to be, and I'm not, I'm going to, I can be like all like, oh, ha ha, yeah, congratulations. You got one by on the old man. Oh boy, I let you in there. And then I'm going to go in a room and cry because my kid just whooped my ass here's for the, real. The funniest thing, bro. If I can, <laughs> if I can back up fucking 30 podcasts ago, I had the same exact statement saying, I said the same thing. My kids will never beat me. I won't let them beat me. When they beat me, they beat me. Uh-huh. Right? But until then, I don't give a fuck if it's a fucking video game, if it's a basketball game, if it's, a, it if it's a, a karaoke competition. Right. No, I'm giving my all. You're going to see Dad I hear always. you say, on a side note, can we go karaoke? I want to see you say karaoke, bro. Friday. For real? We do it on Friday nights. Yes. We do. So if, I think Yo, there's Friday. Check the Insta. There's going to be some on the slide <laughs> video of, <laughs> of Vince doing some Britney Spears karaoke no, at the house. One of my biggest ones. <laughs> one of my... I do Tenacious D. Oh, nice. Fuck her gently. And my wife, every time, has her pants covering her face like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We always do like that. You got to change the words. Like, instead of Brian Adams, Summer yeah. of 69. I want to put her in a 69. 
And then the whole bar's like, did he just say did that? Just, dude, there's a guy there that does that, that he says the funniest things, dude. And like, I, there's, there's only ones on Simple Man. I try and do that well. Uh-huh. I just love that song. That's a great you know, That's a great one. But besides that, I just have fun with everything else. I do the cup song quite a bit. Do you? Yeah. I got my ticket for the long way round. Well, it also, you know, I, I, don't ruin that for me. Because I got a thing for Anna Kendrick. I can't. Like, I, I won't. I got say. a thing for Anna Kendrick, and if you, if I, if the next time I hear that song, Too it's your face that pops into my head, not hers. I'm gonna fight you, dude. <laughs> I, I, I love, dude. I love all those pitch perfects or whatever they're called. But and it, so, I mean, anyway, we were talking about like teaching your kids how to fail. That yeah. was the one thing my dad. It's huge. Knew, and I don't know. If he knew how to teach us, but he knew how to talk us through it while we figured out how it worked for us. Right. Because my older brother deals with things. A whole lot different than I do. My kid sister, my kid brother. Everyone's different. Everybody's got their own way to deal with it. So one method doesn't work for all of them. Uh-huh. But to teach your kids how to fail and to to be able to figure out why it went wrong, that it's okay that it yep. went wrong. We set such high standards for kids now. Like we expect kids to be in like AP right. and letter and all these sports. Right. And you know, being here in Utah, you know, like the 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 general religion here with the, the Mormon kids where they're expected to, you know, be like pure and go on missions yeah. and, and live this certain life that, you know, maybe they, they get a boyfriend or girlfriend and mess around and now all of a sudden they've made a, a mistake. Guilt, a lot of guilt. And a lot of, of guilt that goes with that. It's because they've never been taught. Put under a lot of pressure. That man. it's okay to fail. Yeah. That, you know, whether it's spiritually or whether it's something, you know, that socially. It's that cr- crazy. Nobody's perfect. None of us get out of life clean and clear. Dude, that's you know? the, like. We're, we we all fuck up, dude. Like, like if my kid knew how big a fuck up I am, dude, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me. Like, like you know, you know, it's, you know why your dad knows so much? Because he fucked up a lot of shit, right? <laughs> like, right. What's, the, what's the the country song? How could I ever be old and wise if I wasn't young and crazy? Right. You know, dude, like, that's we've been we've walked that walk. I know. You know, like, like we've got the scars and tattoos and stories to to tell about it. But how do you pass that on to your kid? I mean, that's the if we could if we well, could write that in a book, we'd be right. bloody rich. That's but the thing, man. Like, that's the thing for me as as a parent is yeah. when my kid fails, when he feels bad about something, when he knows that it's gone wrong, that he also knows that it's okay. Yeah. That, like you said, that hug is always going to be there. It's easy. It's there. always. It's crazy, man. I played baseball, and I believe that that built a lot of resilience in me because it's a fucking hard ass sport and right. a lot of failure. And I've tried to bring that to all my kids, but not all of them love it. So it's like, man, what sport now? And that's the hardest thing because the only way I know is through sports. Right. And you know what I mean? That's the only thing I can think of. And so it's just trying to figure that out and trying to find that balance of, of being, being one, uh, you know, disciplining when they're wrong. So they know you can't just do that at the same time, like mentoring at the same time out of it. What a crazy thing. I think that's, thing. Uh, that's one of the big things, more than learning a sport, that I look back on my life and the different coaches that I had and the different teachers, that every single one of them affected me in a different way and taught me a different something that in hindsight, I thought I was just getting yelled at for making a block yeah. wrong, right. for, for executing a play wrong, for right. not hustling to it. I thought it was just, but there was so much more than that, that whether by omission or commission, yeah. you know, whether they were not doing it and I learned like, Hey, that guy's an asshole. I don't want to be like him one right. day with my kids. Or there's that coach who took the time to teach who, when you messed up, he was like, here's this and not, this is where you're supposed to be. Why weren't you there? It was, this is where you're supposed to be because this is his assignment and this is his assignment and here's your right. assignment. And if you don't make that assignment, the rest of this doesn't work. And you go, ah, light bulb. Yeah. It's a big leadership now thing, I know right? Why. It's a big leadership you know, thing is just not just telling them what to do, but explain to them what they did wrong so they know, you know what I mean? Like it's you, the same yeah. with your kids. Right. Exactly. It just, it hurts more <clears throat> because they're emotional lessons. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier to coach a kid on positions for us at soccer right now with, with my oldest, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's easier to tell him when he's at a position or why he needs to come out on a one-on-one yeah. and why he needs to do these things than to say, yeah. That kid probably has some drama going on at home and his mom and dad may be going through divorce and he's acting out and that's why he punched you in the mouth. Right. And that's why you shouldn't judge him for it. Right. Because that kid's going through some drama. But then you also want to say, you know, but if he punches you in the mouth again, you gotta drop punch, his ass. You got to punch him back. Send it. You know? Dude, I, tell my six, I, t- I, I, I tell my daughter that all the time. Like I said, she goes, oh, dad, this girl, this sounds like you have to, there's a root 
of that. There's it comes from somewhere. So you have did to you see the video that. online? The the little kid Caden. No. Super cute kid, kindergarten kid. He says, you oh. know, he's like, we have. I'll have to show it to you. He's yeah. like, we have a bullying policy at our school. If Johnny hits Caden in the face, Johnny gets a black eye, and Caden gets a rainy day. That means on Fridays, Johnny doesn't get to go to Treasure Box. <laughs> and he goes, no. If Johnny hits Caden and gets a black eye, Johnny's gonna catch these hands, and Johnny and Caden will have matching black eyes and matching rainy days. <laughs> and Johnny will learn to keep his hands to himself. I'm giving out life lessons. Like the kid kills it, and I'm like, yes, oh my yes, God. that's parenting done right. You so know, like, funny. but people can't handle that. No, they can't. You know, like now, we, if I said that, all of a sudden you get yeah. You know, now you're in the white white. Oh, you're, you're, you're inciting you're, violence you're in your kids. You're promoting bullying, like actually anti-bullying. Right. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> well, dude, we're coming up to that to that hour, man, and I appreciate that was an easy conversation. That was cool, dude, and I appreciate. I need to Thank get you. it off my chest, dude. Thank you. For letting me come here. No, for sure, man. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of my listeners just like to listen about my life and, I, and I'll bring on interesting people, you know, and, and next time, you know, we'll talk about some other subject, but it was cool just getting insight on you and your, your opinions and your ideas, dude, and just being a good friend of mine. I appreciate it. In other news, check the Insta for Vince doing karaoke. <laughs> Stand by your man. Anything you want to promote? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know if people want to uh, on Instagram it's uh, life of banks and then uh, banks at cable 93 on Facebook yeah those are the, the radio station pages and you know if somebody wants to to you know follow along I post I'm just like you yeah. I'm an open book with my life I mean you've been on the show with yep. me before you know I mean I talk about my kids I talk about all those things that are going on that are sometimes funny sometimes they hurt a little bit yeah and uh, but there's there's always something I think people can relate to you know, yeah, sure. there's a there's a humanity that runs between all of us no matter where we're from and I think that's what I try and pick up on when I'm doing the radio show so oh yeah man we're gonna have to have you on here more often dude it's local so we'll just do it anytime for free. say the, and it, you know what it's nice that it where the where our spot right. it's closer to my house perfect <laughs> <laughs> all right brother thank you I did it. I did it.